Let us pray. How very good and pleasant it is to be drawn together by you, O God, as siblings in Christ. Help us this hour to listen for and lean toward your voice, which speaks beyond the words we utter. Move us past our doubts that we might step forward with a faith that does not end when we leave this place. Nudge us to touch areas of our lives that need to be reformed so that we might then recognize that no door is so heavy that it can lock you out. In your name we pray. Amen. Though we may be inclined to brag, let us come together with humility. How good a thing it is when all of God's people live together in unity. Though we may be tempted to use harsh words, let us come together with gentleness. How good a thing it is when all of God's people live together in unity. Though we may want everything to happen quickly, let us come together with patience. How good a thing it is when all of God's people live together in unity. Though the world around often encourages hate, let us come together in love. How good a thing it is when all of God's people live together in unity. In humility, gentleness, patience, love, and unity. Let us worship the God who has called us together. God's love for the world has been revealed in Jesus Christ, who at his last meal with his disciples gave them and us that new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Knowing that we have fallen short of that calling, let us confess our sins to God and one another. Merciful God, I've confessed that so often our discipleship has been weak when we have failed to serve as Jesus served, forgive us. When we have failed to love one another as Jesus loves us, forgive us. When we have been happy to proclaim our devotion to Jesus with our lips and then denied him by our actions, forgive us. Merciful God, empower us by your spirit to be steady and true to you in every time of trial. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Christ, the one who loves without boundaries, without exception, you who seek forgiveness are forgiven. Thanks be to God. The peace of Christ be with you and flow through you. So be it. Amen. The first reading is from Psalm 133. Look at how good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. It is like expensive oil poured over the head, running down onto the beard, Aaron's beard. 
which extended over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew on Mount Hermon, streaming down onto the mountains of Zion, because it is there that the Lord has commanded the blessing, everlasting life. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I am going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must also love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalmist cries how good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. Remember when I was telling you a couple weeks ago about the Hebrew I learned in my Old Testament class in seminary? Well, this was one of the passages we learned to sing. How good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. These are words that I think belong printed above the doorways of the PSC. Even though we are looking at each other on screens right now and we seem so far apart, one of the first things I noticed when I started here last year, and something I still believe to be true, is and was how much of a family this community is how supportive and inclusive it is, where everyone is celebrated as a significant part of the body of Christ. I am forever immensely grateful for that. Psalm 133, aside from being a fun little song to sing in Hebrew, is called a psalm of ascent, used by a group of pilgrims on the way up to Jerusalem, to the temple, to the sacred place, the gathering place for God's whole family. The temple was not like a church building today where you visited frequently multiple times a week. Trips to the temple were made usually once a year or a few times a year on high holidays. So these songs of ascent, because Jerusalem sat on top of a hill, were made for these special occasions. While you have a small group that is traveling together at first, a small family, as this psalm describes, its destination was one where all of God's people gathered. By the end of the passage, it seems clear that the ultimate goodness that God intends is the gathering of God's larger family, the whole people of God. This is an affirmation that family transcends that of biological family and opens us up to a wider way of thinking about family, which affirms my previous comment about the PSC being a family, how good and pleasing it is to us, to God, when families, when God's family lives together as one. It is like expensive oil poured over your head. I have no idea what this was supposed to mean. It's super weird. But according to one of the commentaries I read, the part about pouring down oil over the head seems to be an act of hospitality, signaling a joy or relatedness, which makes sense in the passage. It is a joy when we are close to one another, celebrating one another as God's family. It reminds me, too, of the image of the woman pouring oil on Jesus' feet in the Gospels. It is still a very weird story to us, but it denotes this image of giving everything we have to the God in our midst. It is a kind of hospitality, an above and beyond image of hospitality. 
Hospitality is more than just welcoming someone into your space, of course. More than just cleaning, more than just serving a meal. It's deeper than that. It's putting somebody else first. It is a sacrifice, like the moment with the oil. It is a willingness to sit in the sadness and the pain like Job's friends, even when it is hard and awkward. It is, in the words of Valerie Carr, a Sikh activist who I talked about earlier in the semester, an act of recognizing that other human beings are already a part of me, that I need you and you need me. This is why we see no stranger, why we love even the hardest parts of us, why we do what we can for the good of everyone. For if one part of our body is hurting, all parts are hurting. Hospitality, a form of loving our neighbors, is not always easy, though. Tonight we also read from the Gospel of John just a short excerpt, one that comes right at the end of the Last Supper after Jesus has announced that one of them is going to betray him. This context changes what we read, because when Jesus sends his disciples out in the command to love, let us remember that he has just also fed, just washed the feet of his own betrayer. Jesus' commandment to love is not a new thing that Jesus is doing, that Jesus invented out of nothing. The command to love is present all throughout the Torah. What is being made new in this context, what is true for the followers of Jesus, is the shaping of love in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. To glorify, as John suggests, is to make visible the presence of God. And the decisive moment for glorification is right now, is in Jesus. And the heart of what Jesus reveals of God is the way in which Jesus makes God's love visible in and for the world, modeled in feeding and foot washing even his enemies. When we talk about loving with no exception, including with no, ex with no exception, serving all with no exception, as we have throughout the semester so far, we acknowledge that this is a reality that Jesus invites us into not because it is easy, but because it is right and good for us and all of those around us, because it reflects the very essence of who God is. I've said this before, and I will keep saying it. I don't believe in following, following a tolerant Jesus, a nice Jesus, but a radical one. It is radical to love when it is hard. It is radical to extend our love to all of our neighbors. It is radical, radical to tear down the walls we have created or have been created for us. It is radical to, re to resist the powers of evil and jam the system. What we are being asked to do is live abundantly in the backwardsness of the kingdom of God, a place where everyone, everyone, everyone is welcome. I think this is something that we are pretty committed to here at the PSC. You are loved here, no exception. I know that we can always be better, though, and I know that we are always willing to learn from our mistakes along the way, but love, as reflected in the love of Jesus, is where we take root. And in our talk about it, what does it mean for us to be loudly living into this calling of loving with no exceptions? What does it take for us as a community to continue to move faithfully forward into action, not just in ways that welcome in, but also move outward? How do we move as singing pilgrims on our way to Jerusalem, like in Psalm 133? Or to put it in some more familiar terms, as we journey in the presence of God together, how do we do so in the way of radical love and hospitality? 
I think of the ways our Good Neighbor Ministry has helped us partner with the Athens Food Bank, how our journey to justice has helped us to partner with the Athens anti-discrimination movement, how we've hosted voter registration drives. I think of the ways that we volunteer together at the MLK Day of Service, the way we show up to protest together, the way we write letters together. These are all good things. And of course, I know that we as a ministry cannot do everything, but I do also know that you each carry with you particular passions for the world. What is it that you will do to live into this call of radical love? Or what do you want to do to live into this call of radical love? What can we do as a part of this community to carry us collectively into this call of radical love? As we talked about last week, we need each other to be the church. But the church is made of us as individuals with individual passions and gifts. Do not for a second think that the things that are on your heart are not important or not important to us because they absolutely are. If we are going to sing about being a family, what matters to you matters to all of us. What hurts you hurts all of us. And what brings you joy brings joy to all of us. No exception. In the reading from John's Gospel tonight, Jesus is leaving the disciples in a state of uncertainty. Uncertainty of what's going to happen or what should happen next. But love for one another becomes the defining characteristic of this movement. They cannot go where Jesus is going, so they stay behind and model their behavior on his, on love. Because they are already loved. Because we are already loved. Because you are already loved. No exception. So my friends, let us be loved to one another. Let us be loved to the world in our kindness, in our uniqueness, in our gifts, in our calling, in our jamming the system, in our faith. Let us love because we are already loved, wholly and fully. Let us love, no exception. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow, lean on me, when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If I i 
Our Mother in Heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. My friends, how good and pleasing it is when families live together as one. I think of one of the many acts as a family living together is that of eating together, is of partaking in the body and the blood of Christ together, where all are fed and all are welcomed, where we are one in this act and doing this together. It is one of love. It is one of joy. It is one of peace that you are invited to, you and all who you are created to be, you are welcome here. This table does not belong to the PCUSA. This table does not belong to the UCC. This table does not belong to the Presbyterian Student Center. This is God's table. And at God's table, everyone, everyone, everyone is welcome. Beloved, the Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Friends, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. And surely he will come again. 
Beloved, these are the gifts of God for each and every one of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, my friends, the table is set. You are welcome to feast. This is the body and blood of Christ given for you.